it was absolutely hammering it down, went in and just misjudged the braking. I, I, I'd had a lot of success and kind of just, I'd never raced that car on the wet before and it had no ABS, no traction control. It was like yeah. you had to know how to drive it. And I just made a rookie error in the season. First time driving the car, I think it was our third race weekend and it just went flying off aquaplane straight into the barrier, destroyed the car. Action. So, welcome to It Was All A Dream with me, Nathanson. Today I'm joined with Chris. Chris, if you want to introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what it is you do. There you go. Um, my name is Chris Solkeld. I am a racing driver for Century Motorsport and BMW UK, racing this weekend at Brands Hatch, where we are now in the back of the beautiful uh, truck. Perfect. So, was racing always your dream? It was, yeah. From my youngest memory I can remember, I always had cars on my walls and stuff like this, and it's been a dream come true to turn it into a full-time career it's, it's amazing and it's even now I look back and you just proper pinch yourself moments every time you come in you see all the setup you're just like how the hell has this happened yeah I mean to be fair we just when we just walked down into the garage in the pit it was quite cool I mean I've never been here myself yeah. so to be able to see that and see like your car parked up it was very fascinating you yeah. know having a chat with you about the car as well that was definitely a cool moment for me as well you know yeah, yeah. Um, so what would you say really inspired like I don't know what it is. Like from when I was a kid, from literally my youngest memory, I've always cars have always been my thing. It's even from when you were a kid, you first ride a bike or a skateboard, get me going faster and faster and whatever I can be, whatever anything with two or four wheels. Just that bit of thrill. Yeah, it's, I don't know what it is. Whether it's the adrenaline junkie or what, it's just always, always wanted to go faster and faster. And never had the opportunity when I was a kid. Sadly, came into the sport quite late in life, but. I'll hang on to this for as long as I possibly can do. It's that genuinely is the best job in the world. Yeah, it's amazing, man. So, you were just saying about that, how you kind of got into this sport a bit later. How old would you say you was when you discovered I, it was a dream? I was 26 when I started in this. I did no go-karting as everybody knows in motorsport. All the kids in F1, when we look at Lewis or Max or Fernando or any of those, everyone starts when they're eight, six, seven, eight years old in yeah. go-karts. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I may have gone go-kart with my mates and stuff like this on evenings or weekends and birthday parties and stuff like that. But I never had an opportunity to do it competitively. I always knew I was quick because whenever I went with my mates, I was always winning or second or whatever it was. If, if, if something happened to me, or you'd get given a bad go-kart. But no, I always knew I had a bit of talent, nothing major, but I was never able to explore. It was always education, career, normal life. The, the chances of making it in this sport are so slim. Yeah. And the finances just to get you started are astronomical. Like I think a season in a competitive go-kart is like a hundred or thousand pounds nowadays. <laughs> it's ludicrous and it's the entry point is so difficult. You can't be like a normal kid who goes buys a pair of f football boots from JJB, if that still exists. Sports <laughs> yeah, Direct. Yeah. And for football for like 30 quid in total, like you've, you've, got, to, you've got to have a lot of money. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult. So to come into it later in life as a more of an adult, yeah, I may have lost out the opportunity to see how far I could have got if I honed my craft earlier age. But in terms of the sponsor side, the commercial side of the sport, like having a bit of a business mindset prior to that has, has helped it to turn it into a full career. So, yeah. How did you get landed in this? 
It was, it's a strange story for me. I, I basically, uh, I was learning to be, become a pilot and I got a call one random Tuesday afternoon in February 2018 from a bonkers Northern Irish bloke. I can say that though, he's, yeah. he's still like kind of my pseudo manager now. A guy called Stephen Moore who helped my eldest brother raise some funding for his, uh, for his tech startup. And he offered me a, he offered Andy, I mean, my eldest brother, going to a racing car. And Andy said, no, no, I'm not that interested, but my little brother would absolutely love it. And a testimony to Stephen as, as a man, because the amount of times you hear it in business, oh, you've got, you've got me, I'll take your son, I'll take your yeah. wife, I'll take whatever it is, and nothing materialises. But this did, and a week later, I go down to Blyton Park, Janetta's private uh, airfield, and had to get to have a go in a racing car. So I show up, and it's Stephen, Mike Simpson, the factory driver for Janetta, the whole circuit to ourselves and two racing cars, one for Stephen, one for me for the day. So I went down on my third lap, I was already setting like ridiculously competitive times and even Mike said to himself, it was, mate, what have you done, what racing have you done? I said, nothing, goes, really? And I said, no, I've done, done nothing other than just like maybe a little bit of arrive and drive go-karting. It's like, mate, you need to do this. Yeah. And me and Stephen hit it off and Stephen's an incredibly successful guy in the corporate finance world and Stephen said, look, if you can underwrite it, I'll, I'll help you raise the sponsorship. And I looked at a bit of money at the time and we basically went racing and Stephen's helped every season since then to help me get stay on the grid and all this lot so honestly I fell into this sport and two weeks after that day I was lined up on the grid at Rockingham like it was like literally from literally from phone call to my first race was about three four weeks that must it, have been quite surreal for you right yeah it was, like, it was I, I still remember this day I've still got that feeling I can remember it so clearly lining up at the grid at Rockingham it was absolutely hissing it down and Rockyman, and then it's, it's circuit has disappeared now, is it? But it was synonymous for being slippy, especially in the wet. And we showed up, and it was absolutely hammering it down. And like honestly, I remember we all sat off from the line, and honestly, like if you just see the race start, mate, it was the slowest race start in the world. <laughs> Everyone's an amateur driver, and what Jeanette have built in their ladder for people coming as novices later in life, the Gentleman Racing Drivers Club. From the starting there, it's the perfect stepping stone. And looking if I was able to do that in the first year, came third. Second year, we then, in 2019, did the G40 Cup and won that. Third year, we did GT4 Super Cup and then moved to BMW with Century and never looked back since. But every now and again, you'd have to stop and like look back at what you've done. And yeah, it was brilliant. My, my rise to the junior ranks were really, really fast and really good. And had a great success, had a hell of a lot of podiums and a lot of wins and been able to look enough to pick up a title on the way. And then to move to BMW when you get to like the highest category of racing in the UK, if not higher than certain categories overseas and European championships, it's, it, it was a very big eye opener that first year. But yeah, just, you've got to just keep working and keep, even now, like we don't take anything for granted. Like we're having a good year, me and MJ, who had a very similar story to me, it started even later in life, but. I've, me and him have got like a bit of like a mentoring like padawan role between us and yeah it's 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 been incredible from start to finish i, I don't ever want it to end but i know i'm getting older and i don't have don't know how many years i've got left with all these kids that are coming through now fucking fast <laughs> but i'll keep working and keep doing my best to try and keep them behind for as long as i can do but i know the sun the sun will be setting on me in the next two or three years for certain with this sport sadly no that's amazing so Obviously, you're going to have days where you've either lost or yeah. anything like that. Who would you say has been a big inspiration for you to keep going and like never really give up on that? Uh, probably a few people. Obviously, my parents have always been the biggest supporters of me possible. I know my mum, bless her, she's petrified every time I get in a car. And like last year, we had a big crash actually here, which is a bit nerve-wracking to go back out and do it again this year. I haven't done much driving around the circuit since it, so 
that is in the back of my head still, but we'll get through it. But yeah, my mum and my dad especially, always so scared what I do, but they're so passionate about it. And having them at the last round when we won, won at Portimao was amazing. But then them, but then it's even more than that, it's the team as well, having the likes of people like Nathan Freak, who's the team owner, he's been so supportive and so helpful these past few years to help me develop as a driver. Yeah. And then Les Jones, who's XF1, who's the team manager who runs the, runs, runs the camp for Nathan, he's been second to none, probably the biggest help I've ever had in motorsport. He's helped so much, not only just as developing as a driver, but also developing as like a mentor, as a pro, as a as an ambassador for the sport, and how you conduct yourself both out of circuit, away from it. There's it, there's more to it than just driving the car. This sport, and you have to learn to become the complete package. And as I've learned over the years, eighty percent of this job isn't in the car. Yeah. Eighty percent of the job is out of it, and doing the stuff out of it to enable that twenty percent is the hardest part of it. And Les especially has been probably the biggest help I've ever had, and still learning off him. And I hope we can keep working together for as long as we can. Yeah, that's cool. So you just mentioned about obviously having an accident here a year yeah. ago. And how did how are you overcoming that? Like that because that must be quite a, yeah, a challenge, a, right? Yeah, so how a, did you overcome those sort of challenges? Uh, I've had I've had two big crashes in my life. My first one was in twenty one in the wet Alton Park yeah. at the Walter and one in qualifying. It was absolutely hammering it down. Went in and just misjudged the braking. I, I, I'd had a lot of success and kind of just I never raced that car in the wet before and it had no ABS no traction control it was like yeah. you had to know how to drive it and I just made a rookie error in the season first time driving the car I think it was our third race weekend and it just went flying off aquaplane straight into the barrier destroyed the car luckily the team were able to build it to get it out bit of damage to my neck and stuff like yeah. that but I was all right and then last year I uh, lost it again in qualifying pushing just too hard and just I miscalculated the exit of Surti is a penultimate corner. There's like a little bit of cross hatching of concrete where like the grass grows through it. Okay. And you kind of run it because it opens the corner by a few degrees just to get, get that little bit more out. And what I'd miscalculated in my head was a tiny little downpour just before, which the grass was a bit wet, went through, dropped the rear left into it, lost it, went straight into the armco. And Brands is such an unforgiving circuit. You've literally got road, tiny bit of grass, barrier. Like I said, there was not much speed scrubbed off. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big hit and it's taken a while. We didn't race the next day because the car was up dam damaged, which okay. was harsh and it was hard to deal for BMW. And I still to this day feel bad for Tom, my old, <laughs> my old teammate, because he didn't get to race the next day. So yeah, coming back here this year, I can't lie, I'm a bit nervous. We came here a week ago to, for, to do a test day. And for me, it was more like just get around the circuit, get it out your head. Yeah. And we did, by the end of the day, I started to feel confident again. But when you go out of those qualifying laps, it is any last little thing you can do to get more time out the car you do. So we'll see how this weekend unfolds. Sadly, we've got a 20 second success penalty from Portimao. So no matter what we do this weekend, we're, we're, we're not going to come away with a great result. But again, motorsport, anything can happen. So we'll, we'll keep working. It's interesting to hear your mindset of just kind of like, although that you've had a bad thing, you're just going to keep going for it anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, I mean because there's been often like for me especially i get so many no's yeah. on on when i reach out to people do you know yeah and and i've seen it quite a bit with more my industry because that's kind of yeah, like yeah. that's my circle but they kind of give up and they're like oh i'm not getting no like tours for music and stuff yeah, like that. yeah and, yeah. and they want to quit because and i'm like just keep messaging like yeah, yeah. just take them there as a positive like that the worst anybody can say is a no yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? and it's quite nice to hear that although you've had like one of the worst things that could happen to you yeah. and and you still got that mentality of like no i can get out there i can do it yeah it's, it's that it's that bit where you don't 
you don't lose your self-confidence and you know you can still drive you know yeah the, you, you've, i've done it for long enough now that i know what my capabilities are it's just it's, you just you kind of just target that one corner yeah that, that's just my, my mindset and it, it, my entire life i've probably been like my mum and dad and everybody even the school teachers have always said to me it's like you are the most resilient human being we've ever seen like something might bad might happen really bad and it'll be like 10 minutes and then in the back of my mind on with life like i don't know what it is about me how i'm geared or whatever it is it's just keep you, you gotta keep going you can't stand still like you've got Fine. to keep going I know you're a big fan of Ted Lasso, right? Yes, I am. Well, yeah, it's, we, and, I, I didn't watch it for ages and it's finished. And I finally yeah. started watching it. So, so did we, so did we. And the goldfish. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be a goldfish. It's such, yeah. a, it's such a good, relatable thing. Yeah. Right? And I, I teach my son it. If he yeah, falls yeah. over and he hurts himself, I'm like, think like a goldfish. Yeah. Just forget about it. Or, and or that, was it the Batman comment? It's like, it's not how, it's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I know you guys are, I see you with the Believe. Yeah, uh, it was one of those things. I, I watched it, we came back from Dubai for the 24 hours, we have about two, three months, and I was kind of like, it's a bit bored, so I just found a series <laughs> to binge watch, and I watched the whole of Ted Lasso in like a week, and just that Believe stickers, yeah. like, you just don't give up. Like, I had a difficult year last year, it was, we didn't get, it was my first season ever where I didn't get a podium or a win, and it was, don't know why that happens to most drivers, but for some yeah. reason it was just like I was like, Ugh. yeah. So it was just like, don't give up, keep going, keep working. It will eventually fall back into it, and just that thing that believe Sam. We've got one that goes on the back of doors. You might yeah. have seen it, like yeah, the photo of me yeah. reaching up to it. Like we've got one that goes comes with us every race weekend, and it's just been the motto of this year for me and MJ's. There are quicker kids out there than me and the quicker arms out there than MJ but it's it's that bit where we just don't stop working we keep working keep fighting and we'll see how we get on in a couple of rounds time like <laughs> we don't know yet we're in a good position but there's a lot of racing still to do so just keep working just don't stop believing mate no that's amazing so you've achieved obviously a lot of success I don't know your numbers to record on yeah. how much you've won I know that you said that you had a quite high percentage rate on when, when I first when the junior categories it was yeah. good it's not as good now it's uh, sadly just, it's just when you get to these type of levels you have more days when you're not on a podium you do on it yeah but we've, we've done all right that's one which we've got a swap this weekend after a, something that happened at Snetterton they've had to rejig the order so we've got to give this one to get another we've got to, it's like fall on a bow and get one free we have to give this pro-am trophy <laughs> back to get the win pro-am trophy and then we get the third place overall trophy as well this weekend so that's when we just have to bring back down with us. It's not me just gloating. Yeah, <laughs> um, so how would you say you've achieved so much success? What would you say has been one of your, has it been your motivation and mindset? Would you say it's been your team that kind of like? Team is the big one for me. I think I've always, I remember being told this when I was at school by an old teacher that I'll be honest, I didn't have the best relationship with, but I remember saying it to me and he said, like, always be at the right place at the right time with the right people. Yeah. And in motorsport, a team and the car you're in can make more of a difference than you developing yourself as a driver and be in, in especially in GT racing we have these things, this thing called balance of performance and everyone argues about it, it doesn't matter you can have a you can have the best bop in the world as it's known and you still say it's shit yeah or you can have a terrible bop and it's just that it's, it's, it, the political side of the sport sometimes ruins it but bop is there to make it a level playing field and having being make sure the, in the right car on the right year is always the big thing so you might not be the best driver in the world but you could have the best car in the world yeah and it's all about the swings and roundabouts of motorsport and that has always been a critical thing for me and when i remember when i first came into it i got put with a team who at the time was the best team for me to be in they took it really seriously they pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and helped me develop massively 
And I'll still say to this day, they were the reason, one of the big reasons where I got to where I've got to in it is because they made me realize that you just work yeah. and just don't stop working. Because if you stop working and start taking things for granted, people will catch up. Yeah. And you see even now at the days when you look at motorsport, look at Max Verstappen and Red Bull, they're absolutely dominating. They won the last 10 Grand Prix, but I guarantee you they're not taking any of it for granted. They're still trying to find developers in the car, and Max yeah. is still trying to develop as a driver. And even look at Lewis Hamilton, who's the most successful driver in the history of the sport. He's still working. Yeah. He's 38 years old, bless him. He's still, he's still, <laughs> still working going. his ass off. And that's the bit, it's just the mentality of, I guess it's not just us in sport, but any elite athlete. Look at Ronaldo. Yeah. Like that self-belief that he's got, even at his age, is phenomenal. And that's the type of thing you can pick off any sport and you can, can still learn of the bits and bobs. But yeah, team, car, and just make sure you just maximize every opportunity you ever get. That's amazing. So then you've achieved a lot. You know, you've got multiple wins, you've got you like your sponsorships and you've got a lot of people obviously believe in you enough yeah. to be able to sponsor you as well. And, you know, and winning races and stuff and having your parents there. What would you say has been your proudest moment in your career? Uh, I get, everyone always says the wins or it's the championships and stuff like that like don't get me wrong the championship's amazing but i genuinely think my proudest achievement is actually my 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 mentoring role of mj yeah who's my co-driver at the moment like he i've always said it if we're not just like a pro and an am it's like we're mates that go racing together and like i remember speaking to mj before he even started and he messaged me like look i just want to pick your brain hear your advice team how do i start all this lot and it was, what, two, three years ago we started chatting and then we worked together the last two years. I coached him last year and then this year we're racing together. And I know it sounds a bit weird, but yeah. like I'm more proud of the, the work I'm doing with him than yeah, I am sure. of like certain, like some, like, don't remember, the results are amazing. Yeah, yeah, winning a race is the best feeling in the world. But in terms of something that I can look back on in 10, 15 years, the, yeah, the championships will be up there, but passing on the knowledge I've got and the lessons I've learned and all this like, to help somebody else, to me that's more important. Yeah, and I, I always think that you should always, when you get to a position of success, you should always help the next generation. Yeah, definitely. And I'll always, even when the day comes when MJ needs somebody a bit younger and a bit quicker than me, let's say, I'll still be in the garage being his number one supporter. Yeah, I might be out of a job, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still be his number one fan. Like. Uh, it's been an amazing ride the tours and I'll I'll be by his side as long as he goes racing no matter what. It's just been phenomenal. That's lovely to hear as well. It's lovely to hear that you're also giving them support because I mean that that always helps. I mean at the end of the day, although you do the same job, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some people will see it as competition between you guys, you, and yeah, and that seems, will always yeah. be reflected in some ways from mindset. Yeah. More so, it's nice to hear that you support them. Yeah. Well, he's my he's my co-driver, and we have to get the maximum out of each other to get the best result for the overall car and for yeah. both of us. And it's it's that bit of if I can help him get quicker, then that helps me get quicker because our overall race time is gets better than if you see what I mean. Because yeah. we have there's multiple drivers in the cars. And that's the bit, it's like, I've really, really enjoyed that. And I've really, from where he started as a complete novice to where he's now, it's, it's brilliant. And like, I've absolutely loved doing it. And yeah. I, if, if, if I keep, can keep, keep going forever, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going forever. But sadly, I do realize I'm getting a bit older now, but it's one of those things like MJ, I have to say, yeah, is 100% probably my proudest achievement in motorsport. Perfect, so then backing onto that brings you on to my last, uh, my last question is <laughs> to anybody listening, 
that want to kind of follow in your footsteps and kind of not necessarily achieve the success that you have, but yeah. go into the motorsport world, yeah. what advice would you give them? Uh, be very good at marketing. <laughs> it is, like I've said, it, 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 it's 80% it, of the job is out the car, finding the sponsors, being good commercially, keeping the sponsors happy. And as you mentioned with the podcast, trying to find people to do it or like booking shows, yeah. I've always said you'll, you'll speak to a thousand companies to get one yes. Yeah. And that one yes may be nowhere near the amount of money you need. So you just have to be resilient and keep working. If you do believe in something, chase it. Because I'm lucky I fell into this and I'm lucky that I've got the people around me that have helped me get to where I am. And I'll be forever in their debt. But at the same time, if you're doing it yourself and you don't have that network or that support system or something like this, you have to build it. And like when I first started, like Stephen got me going. And then I've built a team around me since. Ainsley obviously has been a huge help to me. And it, it's all, he's been so supportive and stuff. But you have to surround yourself with people that are helpful and kind of better than you at certain things like I've done. But then at the same time, just never give up. Keep working. If you want to do it, you'll, you'll do it. If you really, really, really want to do it, you'll make it happen no matter what. And just, you know, just... So you'd say networking was a huge part. Networking, yeah, definitely was huge. And it's, sponsorship is the hardest thing in the world to come by. As the yeah. cost of living crisis kits and as the world goes to shit financially with everything going on, it's harder and harder and harder every year. And that is the biggest part of it, is networking, being good at marketing. Because at the end of the day, these people won't give you money for nothing. You have to give them a value for it. What is your price per viewpoint? What's your price, price yeah. per click point for the internet? What do they get in terms of hospitality? Do they get to do a track day with their team? Do they, all these type of things. And you have to do the financial side of that, right, this is all it's going to cost for, for them. And then what margin do I get on top? And then is that margin enough to do it? And then it's, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of work yeah. that goes on in the background to enable us just to go around, the, drive around in circles yeah. for, a few, for a few hours. So yeah, my biggest advice would be is if you want it, work your fucking ass to the bone <laughs> to get it. It, 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 it. But it's worth it. I guarantee, I remember sitting there now, certainly as I've been it when I go into an off-season, I don't have the sponsorship in place and I don't have a seat in place. And I'll sit there and I'll go, shit. And then you just get to work. And then, like, you might see an end goal, but it's like, what, what can I do today? And it's just that look at little blocks rather than the big picture. The big picture can be daunting sometimes, but I guarantee you, when you're sitting on that grid at that first race, you go, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. Those sleepless nights, the nights where you're going, oh, shit, how am I going to do this? How am I going to find the money? How am I going to get on the grid? But when you get on the grid, it's worth the effort. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't get the opportunity. And sadly, motorsport is an elitist sport. It is horrendous. You either have the sponsorship or it's family money or it's yeah, sure. something like, oh, it's your own money as an am and stuff like this. And it's, But if once you do the work, it's worth it. Yeah. But the saddest part of the sport, and I've seen it so many times, so many people who are probably more naturally talented than me miss out on the opportunities, whether Perfect. it's whether it's their ability to network or be commercially viable or whatever it might be. It's just sometimes it just doesn't work out. So that is sad at times, but yeah, just never give up basically. I know that's a long-winded yeah. waffle answer, but <laughs> that's yeah, fine. Just don't no, give up. That's perfect. And then uh, lastly, um, just if anybody wanted to follow you, kind of follow your journey, come and watch you, uh, stuff like that, yeah, how, uh, how can they reach out to you, connect with you? Yeah, well, like well, the best way is always Instagram. It's just at Christopher Solkeld, I think it is nowadays. 
And then, yeah, if you want to watch along with live Sky Sports F1 this weekend, live Sky Sports F1 for the final round at Donington, and if we're a clash round with F1, when somebody fancies watching Lewis drive the streets of Monaco instead, we're live on YouTube on GT World Challenge YouTube page. So, yeah, it's been an exciting year, two rounds to go, and we'll uh, hopefully with a good good bit of luck this weekend, we'll be, we'll be in a good position for the last round. So, Perfect. Paul O'Neill, the, the BTCC commentator, we were live on ITV4 for Super Cup. Yeah. And Paul O'Neill, he's a good friend of mine, he stiffed me up massively with that. And he goes, oh yeah, there's Chris Solkeld, Harriet's Chariot. <laughs> and he just stuck. And now he's just known as Harriet's Chariot. And even though he's not on the side of the car anymore. Yeah. Uh, he, he Did you have his face on the side of the car? Every, every, everyone, the amount of people have always said to me, why take the logo off, put his face just on the side him, of the car. Get him on the bonnet. As I keep reminding somebody, quite enjoy being employed. <laughs> I think, I think, well, I've always said if I was ever to do something like it would be my last ever race. Just, 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 to, just to get your get, helmet wrapped in yeah, it. Just, 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 to, just to get the mass amount of me following I possibly can do as I sail off into the sunset. No, no, no. It's one of those things. He's, he's been so supportive. Like, I can't believe, like, honestly. How did that network happen between you and Ainsley? Because that's it's, two it's, complete different Yeah, it's, it's different world. It's one of those things is my, my old man actually used to work with him. Amazing. And then Ainsley basically set up his own uh, manufacturing company a few years ago. Yeah. And it was one of those things, just reached out and he was just like, yeah, that's amazing. Let's do it. And then it just kind of, he came in in 2019 and it was Ainsley Harriet on the side of the car for the, for the championship year. And then like, he's so passionate and supportive about it. Like if anybody who's watched the series, he's, anytime he's hit, they go, he's always doing grid, grid walks and grid interviews. He'll, I know there's the famous Martin Brundle one, yeah. but there's this one the same with what we do. And he's always on it and he's so passionate about it. And then to have him there last time out in Portugal was unbelievable. It was one hell of an after party. Let's just put it that <laughs> way with him all. But no, he's a legend. And I, genuinely, I cannot thank him enough for everything, everything him and his team behind the scenes have done for me in terms yeah. of the help both financially and also the social media stuff. I know social media is a big thing in our football sportsman nowadays. So it's, it's, he's been so, so helpful. And it's nice to be part of the team as well. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Sadly, we don't have many why hello Jill moments in <laughs> yeah. British GT, but it's always nice to carry the banner and, and, and raise the flag and raise awareness for him as well. So no, yeah, he's, been, cool. he's been so supportive. No, yeah, I love Ainsley. It's funny because my brother's a huge fan and he's actually saved in my phone is Shainsley Harry. <laughs> <laughs> what everyone sees on TV is exactly the same. He's yeah. so full of life. And you could, you could have had a bad result or something like that, like that and he just he raises his spirits. He's, he, he, his, his enjoyment of life is so infectious yeah. and whenever he's at a race week he just raises not only me or MJ but like the entire team's like it's just like the whole like mood just lifts yeah. it's like he's so infectious is the best way of putting it it's, it's the best it's, he, honestly he's the best sponsor in the world I wouldn't no matter whatever happens it'll always be it'll always be Harriet's chariot <laughs> Perfect. And then lastly, I'll just let you shout out anybody if there's any sponsors or anybody like that that you'd like uh, to give a shout yeah, out to. Yeah, just you. a huge thank you to everybody that's ever supported me. To Food Doctor, who are still with us today, they've been so supportive. To people in the past, from Aunt Bessie's to Cooper's Bakery, anybody who's ever helped us in the past to get us to where we are, just a generally a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart. Without all of your guys' help and support, I wouldn't be here and all the success and everything we may have had along the way would never have happened. You guys changed my life and made a kid's childhood dream come true. So from, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, a huge thank you. 
Perfect. Well, that wraps it up for this yeah. entire podcast. So I appreciate you jumping yeah, on. Yeah, so right, mate. No, thank you, thank so you, thank you for much. coming down to see us.